0: Aloha guys, I am Vagabond and this is episode 23 of Vagabond. I just want to say if you guys like the podcast, if you could review it or just, you know, give it some stars of some sort on iTunes, that would be awesome. It makes a big difference. Anyway, this is part one of episode 23 and uh, I suppose this time what we're going to talk about is holiday depression. It's not all fun and games. We like to pretend it is. We like to look at social media and see our friends smiling and happy and the pretty pictures of our friends' Christmas trees. And we also like to uh, post those pictures that our friends can see so that nobody knows that inside we're quietly screaming in agony and suffering and miserable and depressed and stressed out and wondering if we're the only ones that are that way. It's what's going on with me. I assume that that's also what's going on with you because everybody that I talk with these days is kind of suffering from the same thing. And the social media stuff is not helping a bit. Uh, What it's doing is it's painting a rosy picture and it's creating these Hallmark moments in all of our lives that are just as real as Hallmark movies. You know, completely staged, completely managed, uh, completely set up. I recently had some people on a tour they're, uh, you know, among the um, the wealthiest clients that I've ever had. Three uh, children in their 20s, and the parents who were multi multi billionaires. And the the kids were really involved in in social media and getting the right shot and having their mom take the right picture for them. And especially, this was the daughter, you know, who's beautiful and nice. And uh, but the girl. Didn't seem particularly happy, but man, to look at her social media posts, she's like living the sweetest, best life in the world. But actually, she seemed like she was socially awkward and scared of people and a little bit concerned that everybody is out to uh, use her or, you know, get her money, which, you know, who knows, maybe it's true. I suppose that's one of the downfalls of being super rich. Look, now, I'm not trying to get you to feel sympathy for this super rich. Paris, Um, you know, by all means, don't waste your tears on poor Paris Hilton, but this is life, you know, I mean, we all suffer. My daughter came to me the other day and she showed a picture of when we were, uh, you know, living on the mainland in a different house, a bigger house, and we had more uh, free money and we had more space and showed me this picture of christmas and it was like we had a big christmas tree and all the presents under the tree and i'd arranged everything beautiful on christmas morning and and now we've got this tiny little tree that sits in the corner and the presents aren't going to be much this year and you know we've got love and we respect each other and and we've got a good life we live in hawaii but she came to me and she said daddy did, did we used to have more money are we poor now and I told her the truth, yeah, we're poor, you know, we struggle every month to get enough money to pay our bills, and these past couple of months, you guys, I'm going to be honest with you, have been incredibly challenging on a personal level, Um, you know, economically for me, and, and I'm not trying to get your sympathy, you know, like Paris Hilton's either, I mean, I live in paradise, but, you know, things haven't exactly worked the way that they were supposed to work this year uh the the fact of the the volcanoes and the hurricanes and uh the economy doing crazy things has really affected the hawaii tourism sector which is where you know we make the money to live in hawaii uh, my family anyway and it has hurt in a big way but you know so so we downsized christmas this year quite a bit but man what really hurt i was fine with that but what really hurt was like having to like Tell my little girl that you know, like, oh hey, yeah. <laughs> so I did, and uh, you know she's she's fine. Don't worry. She's gonna she's gonna get nice presents, and she's well loved by uh, everyone around her, and she has a, a pretty good life. But I'm just telling you guys this not to get your sympathy, but just to let you know that if you're suffering at this holiday time, you are definitely not alone. Um, you know, I'm with you. And granted you know, I'm putting on a happy face, you know, I'm uh, posting happy things on social media for the most part, as much as I can, given who I am. And, uh, you know, I've been painting a little bit and and posting pictures of some of the paintings that I've done through the years and um, doing cool kind of blog posts on Vagabond and doing these things. And all of that is good. But, Man, we've got this weird society, you guys, that I just don't quite understand. I don't think any of us understand. Um, None of us asked for this is essentially what it comes down to. And it doesn't matter whether you're Chinese living in China or uh, Indian living in India or Chinese or Indian living in America or America living in American or American living in Africa or a European living anywhere. It doesn't matter. You didn't ask for this world to be shaped the way that it is. You didn't ask to be born and have to work every day of your life in order to just, like, have the chance to work the next day. None of us did. And it's pretty messed up. But there's nothing we can really do about it at this point except be conscious and aware of it. And hopefully, use that consciousness and awareness to help to shape a better world for the future. Maybe it's a maybe it's a future that we'll be able to see in our lifetimes, and maybe it's a future that will gradually be shaped into something beautiful in the times to come. I don't know, but I think awareness really is the key. You know, this um, this mindfulness movement is super important. I'm not nearly mindful enough. I don't nearly spend nearly enough time meditating or uh, really doing the things that i need to do to be happy but i should and but i do enough of it to realize where my stuck points might be with a little help you know so finding those stuck points is a is a pretty big thing so anyway you guys i'm gonna wrap that up that's the uh that's the end of part one for this episode and i just want you guys to know that um the holidays are hard man um You know, there's lots of people being laid off right now. Lots of people are losing their jobs. Uh, Lots of people like me aren't working when they expected to be. And it's not all paradise. And those people posting all the happy stuff on social media, they're not doing it to torment us. We're not doing it to torment each other. We're doing it to try to, you know, convince ourselves that it's all going to be okay and that things are really good. But I think that maybe... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe uh, maybe they are good, but, but not in a societal sense. So anyway, you guys, that's the end of part one. I will be back in just a couple minutes. Hey, guys, welcome back. This is part two of episode 23, and I am Vagabond, your host. Uh, talked about some heavy topics in the first part. I'm going to talk about an even heavier topic here in the second part. And what I'm going to talk about is the fact that all white people are actually racists. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm white, by the way. Uh, I'm as white as white people get. I'm a uh, you know, European descent um, white guy. And I am here to tell you that all white people are racists in developed countries anyway, you know, in, in the world that we live in, and that might sound absolutely crazy to you, just like it sounded crazy to me uh, when I first heard it. The first time I heard it was by this uh, this Indian gal on Twitter, and she um, her name was Sarah uh, Amira Rao, I think. Um, I'm not sure if I said her name right, but anyway, she said, all white people are racist, and I, like, came back with some seriously, like, oh, are... If a baby was born and uh, raised by blind people and it was blind, but it was white, would it still be a racist and all this stuff? And I grappled with it, and the main reason I grappled with it is because what I realized was, okay, all white people are racist. why? Why are all white people racist? Because you know what? I recognized that it was true, and that was what bothered me about it. So first of all, you guys, I think that that all of us white people are racist mainly because we were born into and acculturated into a world and countries where there is very clearly white privilege. I mean, worldwide for the past 500 years, there's been some pretty serious white privilege going on. And that white privilege is, you know, easy to take for granted when you're born into it. It's very easy to take for granted that like, of course, I I should be treated better because I'm a white person. And you may not think that, But it's a part of your psyche. It's like burned into your synapses. And that white privilege, once you sort of recognize it and once you see it, once you sort of like look at the world and realize like, okay, this white privilege thing actually exists and I've been a beneficiary of it, which, you know, look, I was white, trash, poor, you know, as low as (laughs) you can get. And you know, for me for years, it was like, what? I wasn't a beneficiary of, of white privilege, but in fact, I was, you know and, um, and if I'd have been a black kid, I probably would have been shot or imprisoned by the age of 25, which is what, statistically, generally in America, happens to underprivileged, poor black men. Uh, By the age of 25, they've either been incarcerated or put in prison. And that didn't happen to me. And largely, that's not because I was some sort of angel. It was because I had white privilege. I was treated better. I was given the benefit of the doubt. I had more opportunities. And that's what white privilege is, you know? It's not like something that you do on purpose. Like, I didn't, like, exploit my white privilege. It was just there. So, look, we live in this world where racism and white privilege have been institutionalized on such a massive scale that they're basically they're, they've been invisible for a long time. And, and invisible, and not just invisible, but considered as normal. You know, it's normal to like uh, expect that you're gonna get a better job if there's two candidates and one of them is black and you're the white candidate. It's normal to expect that you're probably gonna get the job. Uh, you know, all things being equal. That's white privilege. And you may not have ex- expected it yourself, but you benefited from it. That's what I'm saying. And you grew up with this like acculturation, this sort of like uh, you know societal norms coming on that that basically told us that this was normal. This is just the way that things are. Now, here's a caveat to all of this: white people aren't the only ones who were acculturated in this society, you know, there there were also uh, Native American peoples and black peoples and Chinese people. And, you know, and they're basically the the equivalent of white privilege and black privilege is like, oh, you don't deserve to, you know, have the better job. You don't deserve if you're Chinese to, uh, to like, be the prom king at the high school. Um, You know, you don't deserve to leave the reservation if you're a Native American person. So all this acculturation is like invisible to us, but it's all existed in our psyche and it's all put there around us, This, this institutional racism that taught people like me that white privilege was normal and that it was expected and that it was deserved, you know, and more or less, this is like the emperor's new clothes. Um, you know, it's it's as if President Trump is telling us like, look at my border wall and there's no f- fucking wall there. And basically, this is the opposite of that. So this is like the wall is there, which is the institutional racism, and they're saying, "Don't look at that. There's nothing there. Nothing to notice here. These aren't the droids that you're looking for." So essentially, you know, the white privilege, the institutional racism, it exists and it has made us all, what, no matter how high thinking we might be, racists on some level. I mean, I'll never forget how in fifth grade, Manifest Destiny was taught as like the most awesome thing in the world. If you don't know what Manifest Destiny is, this is the idea that Americans had, that they would basically just roll across the prairie. And they would, uh, you know, take their wagon trains of death and displace tens of thousands of Native Americans off of their land. And anything and anyone they came across wasn't going to be an impediment to them. And what they were going to do was just build and build and build and from sea to sea. It was their manifest destiny to control the entire North American continent. Now, that's not manifest destiny for the United States of America. It was manifest destiny for these white settlers that basically said, like, we have more right to be here than anybody else. And that's what was taught as, like, a huge virtue, you know? And I don't think it's taught like that anymore. But, you know, that's not the the only one. We were taught all kinds of horrid things. Custer's last stand was painted at one point as a, as a heroic, you know, last stand. He slaughtered babies, for Christ's sake, or the Alamo, you know. And basically, they, they stole Texas from the, the Mexican government and the Mexican people, you know. And while I was learning all of this stuff in school, I frequently would suffer from this cognitive dissonance, you know, where I would just be like, wait a minute, like this doesn't sound like the way things should be. Uh, This doesn't sound right, but, you know, I had to take the tests and I had to pass the tests. So I had to learn things the way that I had to learn them. And that's the way it works. If you want a job, you got to, you know, have the degree. You got to have the education. You have to be acculturated. You have to be conditioned. You have to be created. And it doesn't matter whether, you know, whether it's... Our schools, our government, which, by the way, is filled with rich white men and always has been, so that all of us who see it, basically the first thing you think about when you think of government or presidents is rich old white men. That's it. Our TV shows, I mean, they exoticized, they mocked, they degraded other people. Do you, do you remember that show Kung Fu, which was an awesome show? You know, David Kane is like this, uh, he's this guy who like, you know, learned Kung Fu from a great master and he's wandering around the old West, where all the Chinese people, instead of being Kung Fu masters and you know great wise ninjas, uh, they're basically like rail, railroad slaves and or villains or buffoons. And who's the hero of this Kung Fu story? It's not this Asian master, The hero is this white guy wandering around the old West. Like how? that's Kung fucked up is what that is. So, you know, there's all of that, and then, you know, we could go deeper. We could, I could talk about the institutional racism that's been taught about African descent people, about Arabs, about people of Indian descent, you know, uh, it's all incredibly well documented. If you do even the, the most minimal amount of research, what you'll discover is that, you know, we've all been conditioned, every one of us, whether we're white or Asian or uh South Asian or African descent or South American or Native American. It doesn't matter. We've all been conditioned by, you know, mother TV, father film, big brother government, sister school, and all of the other control mechanisms that exist in our society to to have this white privilege that's laid out before us, the way that our society works. So, you know, yes, there are like seriously... Fucked up racist people, you know? And, And that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm saying all white people are racist, I'm not saying all white people are skinheads or Nazis or, you know, white supremacists or, you know, bad people. But what I'm saying is that they live and work and think and were acculturated and taught by this white privileged society in this, like, institutionally racist world where... You know, any child that grows up in that environment is going to basically see that environment as normalized. You know, if you grew up in an environment where it was normal to have someone's head cut off every December 23rd, that would be no big deal to you. You'd be like, oh, of course they cut off his head. It's December 23rd. But, you know, thankfully that's not any environment that any child that I have ever heard of is growing up in. Um, but the institutional racism and this institutionalized privilege. All of that is right now. It still exists, and even though lots of people are waking up to it, um, you know, the normalized racists who are walking around, you know, people, people like me, normalized racists who are walking around, oblivious to it for the most part, you know, and it, when you try to take away that privilege from someone who who's been raised in it, and he's trying to say, like, hey, this isn't exactly fair. We need to, like, level this playing field so that it's not just, like, straight, white, heterosexual males that are, um, that are getting all the best jobs or whatever. When you try to, to even that out and sort of create a, a level base for people to coexist on, well, what it seems like to that person who's never thought about the fact that they exist in an institutionalized privileged society It seems like you're taking away something that's their fundamental right. And they get angry about it. And then they vote for Donald Trump or they vote for right-wing extremists or they feel like they're being attacked from the other side, you know? And they might have all kinds of excuses like, um, like we've given so much, We we marched with the civil rights movement, we did this. But they did all of that in this white privileged society and with this institutional racism being normalized around them. And you just got to admit it, that it's there. And, you know, I'm sorry, white people, like, I'm one of you, and we're all racist because we were all raised by this. Now, the good news is, the good news is we don't have to be defined by that racism. We don't have to act on that racism. We don't have to accept that white privilege, and we don't have to perpetuate that white privilege and continue that. So that's the good news, because, I mean, hopefully we can all be aware and awake to the fact that it exists. And you know, in a way that we can all coexist with each other, you know, like by no means am I saying like, Hey, you know, everybody go out and kill whitey. Cause it's not a, it's not a fair playing field. Like it's not a fair playing field, but that's not a way to make it fair. That's a way to just like, you know, create a cycle of retribution and an awfulness that exists there, you know? But what, what I can hope is that not just white people become aware of this, you know, of the racism that's, that exists systemically in them and is normalized in them, in us, but also that, you know, non-white people will continue to grow in the awareness of the fact that, um, that they've been born into this, that they might be accepting a place that's a step down because that's how they were normalized and acculturated in this big racist mess of a world that we have. You know, in the United States is where I live, I'm American, um, and it's, I've traveled a lot, and i got to say, it's probably the worst of it, you know, we, we probably have the worst of it, like, yeah, there's, there's more fundamentally racist people, but we have more of this, like, uh, this institutionalized, normalized racism that exists, and sexism, and, like, anti-LGBTQ um, bias, all of this stuff exists in America pretty severely, you know, um, and and it's dangerous here the most because as Americans and as white Americans, we like to tell ourselves that we're better than that, that we, that we don't have that. You know, We like to like point to our liberal um, biases and our liberal you know philosophies and, and outlooks and say like, no, that's not us. But it is, you guys. It is. So there it is. Maybe you didn't expect to hear that. Maybe you're pissed off to hear it. I don't know. Um, I'm just putting it out there and I just want you guys to know that, yeah, I agree. All white people are racist and the best that we can do is become aware of it. So if we become aware of it, we don't have to act on it. We don't have to accept it. We don't have to perpetuate it. And then we can move on into a society that is that like Star Trek cool where, you know, the only thing that really matters is where you, whether you're wearing a red shirt or a yellow shirt because, you know, engineers don't have the same clout as techs or something. I don't know. Whatever the hell the Star Trek shirts, meant. I don't want the red shirt anyway. So you guys, anyway, I am happy to share this with you. I hope you're happy to hear it. If you're not... Let me know. And remember, if you appreciate this podcast, your reviews, your, uh, your rating it on iTunes goes a long way. It makes a big difference. So please do that. Aloha nui loa. I'll talk with you again sometime soon. Hey, guys. If you're looking for more from me, you don't have to go far. Just go to vagobond.com and you'll find links to everything. That's V A G O B O N D.com. Bond. Vago Bond. Aloha.